0: This is Danielle Grouchek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Before we start, I just want to tell you this is the last podcast before our summer break, and I'm so excited that we're going to have a two-parter here with Dr. Angela Young. She is the N Area Chief of Staff at Banfield Pet Hospital. She's also in training to be an animal acupuncturist, and I think we could describe her as an integrative veterinarian who focuses on focuses on preventative care and the reason why i'm uh, you know setting her up like this is because i think she straddles i think you straddle um a great path in that you are aware of maybe some alternative methods of treatment but you're also very studied and um rooted in science and scientific fact and data so anyways before i start putting all these other things on top of you thank you for being here Yay. dr
1: young welcome back welcome back okay so you am <laughs> glad to be here
0: so feel free to comment on everything i just said and qualify or straighten things out um
1: go ahead so my name is dr angela young Most people call me Angie, and I am an integrative veterinarian. My history is in practicing primarily preventive care, Mm -hmm. and I work with a really large practice and have a lot of experience there. But what I have come to through my career is that it's really important for us to be having a holistic view when it comes to veterinary medicine, Mm -hmm. and that entails medicine. It entails the human-animal bond. Mm -hmm. It entails so many different things. Mm-hmm. And so what I have done is I've expanded my practice so that I'm not just doing the conventional things that we're used to, but I'm opening doors into being able to offer other things like acupuncture therapy to my patients. Okay,
0: awesome. And I think one thing that was spiking in my brain as you were talking about this is because um, I'm very much a, like, uh, hey, I'll try anything. This is great. And that has led me down some. Um, maybe some wrong roads, and so in my head, what I have to do is, just because this new method might work, doesn't mean that the scientific model is bad. It doesn't mean that there's a villain in this. Correct. However, I think it does bear saying that there are some wellness influencers that Um, are getting information out there that that are are there to build up their own platform so that they can monetize it and i've fallen into kind of that too which is you know supplements that maybe aren't needed or yada 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 so um, we're not here to point any fingers at anybody we're just saying in an age of information it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. and then if you throw in fear for your animal's well-being and you can start to feel a little crazy. And if you're feeling crazy and worried, like, oh, I'm not doing the right thing, then you're susceptible to like every powder or oh, my friend's giving their dog cranberry. Ah, right. should I be giving my dog <laughs> pumpkin? Oh my God, grain-free, not grain-free. Ah, you know. So I think the point here is compassion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But for me, too, to come back to scientific data and then listen to to. to somebody who you've developed a strong relationship with that has the knowledge that you couldn't possibly have if you didn't study the subject matter
1: right and it's really important when you're right we live in an age of information and sometimes information overload it's really important to have people that are weighing in that can help you sift through the information In a rational way that's based on scientific research. Yay. Okay, that's it. Right. So okay. You ready to dive in. <laughs> But it's also really important to not neglect things that don't necessarily always have scientific research, but have thousands of years of experience. Okay and results so i think Such that's where right yeah. and there's actually there's a lot of scientific research yeah. to right. show I acupuncture's use um, but i think it's still really important to remember that some medicine that's out there is thousands of years old mm-hmm. but may not have the actual scientific research to back it up mm-hmm. but it does have the results to back it up okay where there's but, we, others, but then you really could yes. make like you really could make the argument though that how
0: can you prove that this is this that this is causation versus correlation right. or anything
1: yeah and that's where it's really important to remember that it does depend on the situation yeah yeah there's no clear cut answer and there's so much that we don't know right. even with science there's an art to science Yeah. i mean i in my view science is an art yeah yeah Mm -hmm. where there are things that work and then there are things that we learn every day that change what we knew two days ago sure or 10 years ago and then how long does it take to get the new information to your ears right it takes a lot right so i mean anywhere from scientific journal articles are they peer-reviewed yes has the fda approved something how long has that taken is there something that came out since then right so in so many situations it depends and it's really really important to work with people that are in your life that are experts right so work with your veterinarian right find somebody that you trust that you feel has the Mm -hmm. knowledge that can look at your pet Mm -hmm. and say this is what In my, I'm hearing you say these things about your pet. These are the clinical signs. Mm -hmm. This is the history. This is the food you're feeding. All these things. And this is what I feel is the best. And this is why. And then you Mm -hmm. partner with them to choose what's best. Right, right
0: awesome so let's tackle the first thing which is um i've been hearing a ton about so there's buzzy things that come around oh here we go right buzz buzz okay so the first thing that i'm hearing a lot and that i also am uh, i don't know i felt i guess susceptible to is this whole grain free thing so i feel like i don't know five six years ago or something there was like a whole feed your dog grain-free and there's a lot of like higher end dog foods that are like grain-free option. Right. And now um I am working with my vet and then also having a lot of people just in our general therapy dog sphere reach out to me saying, "My vet is saying that grain-free isn't necessarily the way to go. Are you feeding grain?" And the answer to that is just personally yes I am now because my vet told me that the reasons for it, and um, so I'm just wondering, what's your opinion on that? And then, like, w- like I said, pre pre talk here, we're not gonna unravel how conspiracies start, um, or why. But is there
1: some uh, origin of this grain free thing that started in science? Yeah, okay. I think so. I think that in in my experience, some things that happen in the pet world. Piggyback off of what happens in the human yep, world. Totally. So there were. I mean, there's obviously oh, gluten yeah. sensitivity, paleo, paleo mm. all these types of different ways Freaking of eating. Keto. Sorry, yeah. I'm not trying to get coming
0: for anybody. I'm nothing. No, I just, but yeah. it's
1: but it is important to remember that a lot of the things that happen in the pet world
0: start in
1: the human world and so and some of them are trends some of them are based on research Mm -hmm. some of them are based on experience there are people that we all know that do have gluten sensitivity Mm -hmm. that where there's a real legitimate reason that they should not be eating gluten Mm -hmm. but I in my experience what happened was there was more of a focus on Mm gluten-free diets Mm -hmm. and that Ended up leading into the pet world. Huh. There are dogs that have allergies to certain types of foods. Okay. There are. Sure. From what I know, there has been I think one litter of puppies that was truly diagnosed with an actual gluten sensitivity. I would have to like fact check in, that. Like one in in like the US? I or? would have to fact check okay. that. But from what I know that's that's the the knowledge that I have about mm-hmm. it. But when it comes to the grain-free diets right now, What is alarming is that there were some studies that showed that if you feed a grain-free diet, there's certain ingredients in those grain-free diets that made it so that the taurine was leached out of the animal's body when they were digesting it. In order for a dog to have a healthy heart they need taurine Mm, mm -hmm. so if they're lacking taurine Mm -hmm. they can end up getting other health conditions like dilated cardiomyopathy Mm -hmm. which is a form of heart disease
0: that's what my vet told me that there's studies that are showing that grain-free diets are linked to some heart disease yes and
1: it was no bad intention on the manufacturer's side it's so just, just it was a,
0: not any evidence or right data. Like, exactly
1: didn't care it's complicated yeah, yeah. and an animal's body digests things in a certain way yeah. and even though all of the building blocks of the food were there when certain fibers were digested they were basically pulling the taurine out of mm-hmm. the body when mm-hmm. they were being digested mm-hmm. so that ended up leading to dilated cardiomyopathy
0: and this is now a study that we have evidence right. and a peer-reviewed study yeah, that is showing this right. okay so exactly. people should feed, feed grain yeah. unless your dog has been diagnosed with and there
1: a, are actually there are actually even fda reports or fda um, papers on mm-hmm. this where uh. you can actually look that up online mm-hmm. and find out for yourself what mm-hmm. exactly happened mm-hmm. and To answer your second question, it depends. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some dogs, like I said, there are some dogs that have sensitivities and shouldn't be fed certain ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so there are some dogs that will be fed, that need to be fed a limited ingredient Mm -hmm. diet, for instance. Mm -hmm. But then it's really important to work with your veterinarian to make sure that they have a well-balanced diet that is going to give them everything that they need so that they don't have a risk for other issues like heart disease. There are certain breeds that seem to be higher, like, implicated. Mm. Um, But, like, it seems to be that it's more the bigger dogs than Mm -hmm. the smaller dogs, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't eliminate the possibility of anything. Right. So there's not an exact formula, Mm -hmm. but that's where that is coming from. Okay.
0: That makes a lot of sense and that... I just feel good about that yeah. because now I have information
1: well, rather and, than speculation. Yeah. And I think it's also <laughs> and it, fear. it's important to ask the question, why yeah. do I want to feed a grain-free right. diet? Am I what's the reason? Is it because your friend told you to? Right. Or is it because your dog has itchy skin mm-hmm. because they have a food allergy? Right. You know, or is or it your because your dog's hyper
0: and you've heard that that grain will spike right. the cortisol or something?
1: Yeah. your dog's pooping too much. Yeah. You wanted to switch their food. Yeah. I mean, I think it begs the question why yeah why did you make that decision what's in the goal? first place yeah what's your goal mm-hmm. and then just like anything what's the benefits versus the risks
0: and if, consult with somebody
1: who right. has the knowledge because you couldn't with
0: possibly that. have it unless you were a nutritionist right. like an animal nutritionist exactly or, or a, a veterinarian right mm-hmm. yeah sure.
1: so work with your veterinarian to figure Cut yourself out what exactly yeah, exactly, yeah. If you don't have that knowledge yeah, and you didn't exactly. go to school for it was the bag pretty yeah is yeah. that why right. you decided right. to feed it i mean right These are all really good questions. Maybe the friend that told you to feed a grain-free diet has a – they have a really legitimate reason where they felt like their pet's Mm -hmm. health was better after feeding it. Sure. But you just want to know the answer to that. Again, like you said, what's your goal? Mm -hmm. And then just make sure that you're checking all the boxes and you're making sure that your pet's getting what they need. Right. Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: And then we didn't say this at the beginning. We'll say it now. None of this um, advice is meant to take the place of your veterinary right. care, care, personal veterinary care yes. with your veterinarian. Yes,
1: so I am a licensed veterinarian, mm-hmm. and I have over 10 years of experience practicing, but... I am not going to necessarily know your mm-hmm. specific pet's needs. Right. So this shouldn't be intended to be veterinary advice. Right. It's intended to crack N- the egg. Right. Yeah, crack the egg and figure out, ask some questions yes. and give you a little bit of a base for right. you to go off of. And also to
0: give you a little bit of compassion, like we've all been there where um i definitely can feel fear in my life when i feel like i'm not doing the right thing for my animal because i don't have human children and then that leaves you susceptible to making hasty decisions right and thinking you can do quick fixes i think in my personal life as well as in my pet's life if it's something like oh just take this no it's great eh, right mm-hmm. everything in life health and spiritual development usually is slow and steady and not right. very um like big bang zoom now we did it you know right. and if i think it is that's where my thinking's going i'm usually
1: going off the wrong right the, the wrong. magic pill right. does yeah, yeah. not no. necessarily nope. exist no, no, no. Right. okay
0: awesome okay thank you let's move on to um well we have two biggies and so which one should we save for the second part i'm pointing to my paper and i don't want to tell you guys because
1: which let's... one should we do
0: next the top one okay so we're gonna do we're gonna talk about vaccinations and lord knows that is a hot topic right now in the world sure is um full disclosure i i am vaccinated for um covid i did and and also uh uh, maybe two years ago i wouldn't have been Mm i was definitely believing a lot of the wellness influencers and um specifically dr wakefield's studies on autism mm. the correlation of autism and vaccines and then you have jenny mccarthy and then you have the stars and then you have the, the Christiane northrup too who's like i feel personally betrayed by she's a female OBGYN and right. she's anti-vaccine and all the things i just followed all these women and and men and and i had distrust of the system and and so um and then COVID happened and i started to feel crazy er and (laughs) and thought i have to find uh facts and i have a really 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 amazing um two amazing teachers and in my spiritual life that are all about you know facts and and things so um and and the areas of right knowledge and how you uh, acquire that and so i started researching for myself what is a vaccination like what does it do Mm -hmm. what do our actual federal government agencies do like how are they monitored where and then and then i brought up dr andrew wakefield like what is what did his is his study valid it turns out no it's not he falsified his data and he's now been disbarred from the medical community um so uh anyways i have a foot in both sides i i i am now you know firmly rooted in science and i've done my done my i guess i've done my homework however i have to be careful that i'm not like and now this is the answer (laughs) because that's just as bad as like that is bad and this is good so um so anyways going into this talk about vaccines and dogs i mean i was i don't know five six years ago like oh dogs are being over vaccinated Mm. i don't know how i got that i heard it from somebody that i looked up to i'm not sure i tried to talk to my vet about it i did have a couple bad interactions and as far as being condescended to and i have com i have compassion for them too because they're probably like oh my gosh here we go again um and then i did have an incident where one of my dogs got a uh a, a vaccine a lyme's vaccine and she was very 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 sick mm. from that and had to have like some counter meds from that um it was just so there's things right that swirl so mm-hmm. just going into this conversation that's full disclosure um so anyways now that happens in the human world now we're talking about vaccines in the dog world and i just got a puppy and my dog is getting fully vaccined because yeah. i did the research and i trusted my vet because how could i possibly and know i didn't live in go and, yeah yeah for
1: limes we and like live in all Minnesota, the things we have yeah. so many bugs and critters so can you just give us a
0: rundown once again this is general yeah and this is not that our for sure don't listen to my opinion i mean i'm not trained in this this is just my i share this with you because i just want to be compassionate to both sides and show you that i'm like the listener that i that i've been in, in both camps and i get it right um this is where I am now who knows where I'll be in 10 years five years but yeah well
1: and I think it I think that this is the same situation as the diet side Mm -hmm. where it is really important to know that it depends on the situation yeah it really does okay so I believe in vaccinations I believe that they can prevent disease. Mm-hmm. I believe that they can prevent debilitating disease, mm-hmm. that they can prevent zoonotic diseases right. like rabies for instance. Yep. So, I believe in their use. Right. I do. And I and the uh, safety of them yes. and if you know what a, right. Do you want
0: to give us a tiny brief uh, Cliff Notes version of what a vaccine is?
1: Well, a vaccine is basically something that is given to the body to stimulate the immune system to be able to recognize it and then prevent a disease from occurring Mm -hmm. in a nutshell. Right. And vaccinations can have side effects. Mm -hmm. There are rare instances where pets and people can have vaccine reactions. Mm -hmm. But in this situation where you're coming up against a question, do I give vaccines or do I not give vaccines? The answer, in my opinion, is it depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on your pet. It depends on what they're exposed to. I think there are certain ones, like the rabies vaccination, where it's really important mm-hmm. if it's safe for your pet to give that vaccination. Mm-hmm. I do, because the consequence of not, mm-hmm. we've had rabies cases mm-hmm. in, Min- in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The consequence of not is dire. Right. So and it's
0: can you said zoonotic that means it can jump humans to yeah. an, animals, and right? It can, and we've And already, it's fatal. Right. so and we've already seen that with COVID now too. Right. That's what diseases kind of do anyways yeah. at some some at some point or another when we're commingling right. as a species. We just don't know which ones or yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, so I think it's important to Be aware of the things that your pet could be exposed to. Mm -hmm. So, limes in Minnesota. Limes in Minnesota. And if you have a dog that's always inside, they're a house dog, Mm -hmm. they don't, you have them trained on a potty pad inside, their exposure is going to be very, very, very different than if you have a dog that goes to your cabin up north very different i just
0: came down from my cabin up north by the way and i woke up i think four or five times in the middle of the night pulling ticks off myself yeah. crawling on me right I'm like this is a blast it's awesome but anyways my dogs are vaccinated right. and they're also taking preventative yeah and- which for a minute too i mean i've just recently heard this from a friend like i hate giving my dog this poison i'm like why are you thinking about it that way like this is preventing your dog from potentially getting something that's going to
1: kill them and there again know what you're giving to your dog because if you put on certain topical flea tick preventives on your dog and then you go let them jump in the lake forget it you're very right it it is poisonous to some of those fish that are in the lake. oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so you have to think about what you're using and note read the product Mm -hmm. talk to your veterinarian know the side effects, know what to watch for. And the safety margins are
0: pretty high. They
1: are. There's there's a reason that these are tolerated and that they prevent disease in the vast majority of the pets that they're used on. That is not to say that they're not without risk, but the risk is really small. Right, right. And it's important to know what the risks are. If you're using a flea tick collar, for instance, It's important to make sure that your dog doesn't eat the collar. Mm -hmm. There are things that you and that you know how to use it. Mm -hmm. There are some of them where the efficacy can be decreased if you bathe the dog with the collar on, for Mm -hmm. instance. Do people still use a flea tick collar? Yeah, they They for sure do. Yeah, so there's collars, there's oral medications, there's topicals. Yep, there's. I'm all about the oral. So then even with the oral, But I remember
0: when that jumped the gun, because we used to just put the topical on, and then all yeah. of a sudden there's this oral, and I'm like, oh, you're what? And I was just immediately suspicious right.
1: of it. I don't know why. Right, but then you have to know, like, right. certain things repel those bugs, certain things don't. Uh-huh. The orals don't repel them. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain there are certain ingredients in some of the products that are on the market that can cause seizures mm-hmm. or tremors in certain dogs so it's again it's just really important to know mm-hmm. what you're using right to know how to use it and consult with to a know, professional consult with your veterinarian they're trained in these things that's right. Why. how could you exactly. possibly
0: have the knowledge once again exactly if you didn't go to school and study this right
1: but there is a a lot of safety within these products. It doesn't mean that it's going to be safe every single time, but that's getting back to vaccines. Vaccines are not 100% effective. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just really important to know that the way that you can prevent disease in many cases Mm -hmm. is by using them. Mm -hmm. There are also situations where I don't think that they're indicated. Mm -hmm. If you have a frail older dog sure. that doesn't leave the house that doesn't leave the mm-hmm. house i mean there's cert- or there are certain conditions that dogs can have where it may be unsafe mm-hmm. to give them a vaccination or use a flea and tick preventive mm-hmm. that's where it's really important to talk mm-hmm. to your veterinarian to first of all know again what's the mm-hmm. goal with the food, with the mm-hmm. vaccine, mm-hmm. with the flea and tick protection, mm-hmm. what's the goal? Mm-hmm. And then work with your veterinarian right. to figure out, is this safe for my animal? Mm-hmm. And then what do I need to do? Because my goal is to, let's say, prevent Lyme disease. Right. If the goal is to prevent Lyme disease, how do I make sure that I'm doing the best that I can mm-hmm. using this product To ensure that I am preventing Lyme disease in my dog. Because if I'm not preventing Lyme disease in my dog, then I could end up with a dog that has severe joint pain, Mm -hmm. that has kidney failure, that has a fever that doesn't feel well Mm -hmm. if they end up contracting it. Mm -hmm. So that's I think that the underlying answer is it depends mm-hmm. it's really important to work with your veterinarian mm-hmm. after you have found one that you trust mm-hmm. and to make sure that you're not just blindly choosing to do things that you mm-hmm. really know what right. is involved and how to make sure that your well be- the well-being mm-hmm. of your animal is really being considered right
0: and if you I was I've been thinking about this lately too. If you do have a dog that is a social dog that goes around other dogs, mm-hmm. just like with COVID right now, isn't it I feel like it's my responsibility to make sure my dog is is protected Mm -hmm. and vaccinated so that they don't transmit things to other dogs as well yeah
1: yeah i agree and it's also important with the flea and tick protection right right if you yeah it is a nightmare situation but it's also important to know a lot of people that have dogs also have cats Mm -hmm. and some of the flea and tick protectors they are toxic to cats oh the
0: topicals yeah mm. so it's
1: really important to know if mm. you have a cat what are you using and mm. how i mean using some or all uh some well the topicals i would not ever okay so put. i know
0: of one person that's doing that right now i have to
1: call immediately. Yeah. text <laughs> i okay at least from what i know of okay. if you have a topical that is labeled for a dog you should not use it on a cat no, because oh, it is toxic yeah
0: no i was misunderstanding i was thinking if you put the topical on the dog and you have a cat in the house then it could be toxic to the cat
1: it too. could be toxic to the cat just too. even you're
0: not putting it on yeah you need yeah, to yeah. let it dry yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. got it
1: yep yep yeah just by nature of being yep. by them okay yep.
0: so um there is a new product that's out that's uh this i think it's called symparica symparica mm-hmm. trio yep I'm kind of liking that these days because it's flea, tick, and heartworm. Yeah, Yeah. and because like if a dog gets heartworm, I mean that's just terrible. It really is, and it is uh, easily preventable. But if you if if they're around mosquitoes, yeah, it's pretty easily contracted too we, if and you're we not we have pre- yeah we have
1: heartworm disease right in Minnesota
0: a lot of um well, one of my good friends just adopted a dog with heart and heartworm and it had to be on meds for a really long time yeah. but yeah so
1: yeah so I I mean I've prescribed some pericotrio mm-hmm. to some of the patients that I see and the only thing that I worry about with some of the oral mm-hmm. medications, I love them, mm-hmm. but they don't have a repellent in them. Uh huh. So that's where get, it's really they're... important to like check your mm-hmm. animal and make sure you know. I mean, yeah. it should be still preventing the diseases, but mm-hmm. there's also like if they have a flea bite, there's flea bite yes. allergies, so they can get super itchy and things like that. Well, too. what's
0: the best way to go then to to um, repel? Do you put can you put like um like oil on your hands and then like put it on their coat or should you do no
1: Yeah well so there uh-huh. this I just again, saw your face oh, that's why Well I, I think it's a complicated question uh-huh. because I think that it again it depends on yeah. your dog. There are a lot of things out there when you're researching flea and tick preventatives. Mm-hmm. There are some, like, oh, use these essential oils mixed in a carrier. Yeah, that's a tough one. And use vinegar water and Mm -hmm. give them this and give them that. And their food. Right. There Mm -hmm. are a lot of different things out there. But then, again, it just, I think that it depends on what their exposure is. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, if you're using Sempericatrio or, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to, like, point a finger at any particular brand, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the products are effective. Mm -hmm. They stand effective. Right. But uh, if your dog is in a high exposure area, then you may still want to be doing tick checks on them. Sure, you know.
0: Or is there? Should you do both? Like for as far as no, okay. So I'm just trying to think repellent as well as preventative. But the repellent is more like a comfort zone. You're you're, you're going to repel most of them. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't even say most. You're going to repel some. However, um. However, the oral will even if it doesn't repel, it's going to protect it's so even if protect they get on them it's and then, kill them. Yeah, when bugs, you yeah. find the ticks after they've bitten the dogs, usually they're just kind of like almost dead.
1: And you have to learn uh, some of them cover certain ticks and not other yeah. ones too. So again, I think it's, I think the bottom line is that every product differs right first of all yeah yeah. some of the some of them have a repellent Mm -hmm. some of them don't some of them are oral Mm -hmm. some of them are topical some of them are in a collar Mm -hmm. some of them are not okay there is and there's so many different things i think that's why it's really hard to actually answer that question in a very succinct way because every product is different right and so it's important that if you want it to be safe and effective Mm -hmm. that you read the yep. product label yep and if you have any questions there's a toll-free number on yep. the box sure either ask your veterinarian yep. or call them directly to find out what right. the answer is to your specific question got it perfect thank you that's a big mm-hmm. one here in minnesota i yeah. think just
0: in general with the tick explosion right but yeah yeah i agree um okay so if a dog is we're just going to say generally healthy and mm-hmm. is going to be a social dog then it's important to get the
1: dhpcc is that what it, the, the c- distemper the yeah. canine distemper i thought yep. it was like
0: dp i don't the remember d-a-p-p yeah, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: depends on
0: the actual vaccine uh-huh mm-hmm. so it's basically you're vaccinating for like a flu
1: right like a, a doggy flu not really well, go Distemper. The distemper vaccine uh-huh. is a combination of diseases that are protected. So okay. there's canine distemper, adenovirus, parvovirus, okay. and parainfluenza. Got it. So it's a combo. Got there's it. There's a lot of different things. And then there are some vaccines that are combined with leptospirosis, too, which is a bacterial disease. Okay. So, um, and then... Rabies, Mm -hmm. super important. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people will also vaccinate their dogs against canine kennel cough or bordetella. Mm -hmm. Okay. so Got it. Yeah. There are other vaccines out there, like you mentioned, Lyme disease. There are canine influenza vaccinations Mm -hmm. as well. There's a leptospirosis vaccination that's on its own. Mm -hmm. So if you have a generally healthy social dog, Mm -hmm. then... It's important, in my opinion, to have the core vaccinations done, mm-hmm. and then to work with your veterinarian to figure out what other diseases are in your area. Yeah, so that you know how best to protect them against those two.
0: Perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that is pretty clear. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I agree.
0: Okay. Well, I really appreciate you just having the courage to come on and talk about this kind of thing because it there is just so many buzzwords out there, and right. it's very. Uh, It can be misleading, and to hear from a professional is, I think, helpful to all of us. Yeah,
1: and I think it's really getting back to an integrative viewpoint. Right, It's really important to find somebody that you trust that's an expert, Mm -hmm. to talk to them about things that are involved when it comes to your pet's overall health, Mm -hmm. meaning genetics, environment... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whatever it is like dietary. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many factors that play a role in preventing disease in your animal. Right. And it's I think it's good to be knowledgeable about what you're right. what you're giving to them and to ask the question why? What, yeah. what is the goal? Right. So if the goal is to have a happy, healthy pet so that you can be with them longer, mm-hmm. then We need to be talking about all of these things. Mm -hmm. Preventing Mm -hmm. parasites, Mm -hmm. dietary Mm -hmm. um, behavior, Mm -hmm. all of these things need to be factored in. And just giving a vaccine on its own is not going to lead to an overall healthy pet. Sure. So um, just doing flea and tick protection on its own is not going to lead to an overall healthy pet. You have to take all of these things into consideration. Right. And, and also just training your dog. Yeah, and right. Exactly. Spending your dog. time with them. But
0: I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. conversely, if you're like, I am a wellness
1: oh, guru sure, and I'm yes. going to
0: breathe with my dog and I'm going to massage my dog right. and I'm going to give them holistic foods, that in itself, doesn't take the place of vaccines either right. so you have to find yes. some sort of there's a b- balance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep right on agreed man. right on sister <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for being yeah, here absolutely. thank you yes. for having yes. Me. yes we're gonna do a part two everybody um and we're gonna talk about spay and neutering which is another big huge topic that is going to uh Well, I don't know. Just tune in to episode two and and see if you have any um, interest in spay or neutering and how the differing um, information has changed over the years regarding that and to get an expert opinion from an integrative veterinarian and friend to the podcast, (laughs) Dr. Angelo Young. Okay, well, thanks for being here today. I really (laughs) appreciate you. I see I see you. (laughs) You matter. Until next time, everybody get out there and do good with your dog. Bye.